0: about the same scripture kind of here we go aaron says it again every time but i it's so neat because some people have a bible and i've got a bible i know it's all in my in my palm or my handheld but it's neat to be able to have something to serve a living god somebody that is 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 alive not just we don't read about him there's one thing read about george washington he doesn't change my life very much because he's in the history books and he's dead But to read about Jesus and what He's done in the Bible seems to new and new every day. And that's the nice thing about having a relationship with the Lord and also being able to read Scripture and having something. Is it that there's anything new in there? I don't think so. I think it's because I'm mortal. And God's filling me up more, and now I'm able to understand maybe something a little bit more than I did the last time. And I get to do it every six months or so, and I really enjoy it. A long time ago, oh, you, you can open, you can start opening to First Corinthians. We all know where we're going, and I've already got it in mind. So, um, I heard it from a long time ago, and it, it changed everything. Changed yesterday for me. The truth from a liar is still the truth. Amen. And a lot of times, I'm starting to realize that's an okay saying, and it's something okay to live by. But Paul has a much better thing. I think we take it a little bit farther. If we read in the first part of Corinthians, it's interesting because I've never... Of course I've read it. And I Actually, i got this neat little thing now. Every single day, I'm reading a Bible in a year, and every day I get an email with some different things to read and stuff like that, so it keeps me on track. and It's kind of fun. So, you know, you read these stuff, but how many of us ever read these? There's a lot of bad things going on in Corinthians, it seems like. But the first part of Corinthians says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I think that's a whole lot better than the truth from a liar is still the truth. Yeah. Follow My example as I follow Christ's example. And I think a lot of times we're, we're walking around and we're spouting off truths. Whether we're lying or liars or not, it doesn't matter. And we kind of go, well, you should believe it. How much more should we be followers of, of Christ and his example? And I think a lot of times if we walked around with his example, I'm looking at this and I'm starting to read this. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. We're talking about Paul. Um, don't know how much he saw the Lord. I know what did he do? We should follow the guy who persecuted the church. I mean, he was he was present and kind of was there for the stoning of Stephan, you know, the first martyr. And this is some guy that, you know, follow my example. And, and well, wait a minute, Paul, we're going to look at your life. Well, wait a minute, are we? You know? I mean, we, we have, you know, Victor's our pastor, and boy, I can tell when he's had a hard day building his house. It, it's real easy. Most, there, there's about seven other people in here that can know when he's having a hard time doing that, too. It's when he shows up to gaming. Stupid game. Won't win. I go, oh, boy, he's had a hard day today. But should, still, should we follow him? Why? Because he has a great example of Christ in him. And I think a lot, if you look at his life, it's not just what he says. It's how he lives his life every single day. And that's where we should be starting to look at. How are we following that? How are we following? Now, did Victor serve with Jesus? No. What did he do? I mean, is he this holy person that we should, you know, put up on this pedestal and say, this is a person? No, we can look at his life and look at scripture and how his life orders after that. And a lot of times we need to take our life and start ordering it after that. And I'm going to say something that's going to blow all you guys away. You know, everybody remembers probably. Four or five weeks ago, Victor was starting talking about, we need to learn to do with less and be happy with less and content with less. Coming from a guy who's got that big house on the end of awkward drive. You know? But that's something that I, and we've been going around our house and we've been looking at things and going, that's really nice. That is really nice. I've got a $2,500 sound system that's been sitting packed up in, in, in a box. Haven't even used it. Now, the difference is, am I going to appreciate a $2,500 system or the speakers that come out of my TV? I'm starting to appreciate the speakers that come out of my TV. And I think that's a principle that we need to start living by because the excesses are easy to talk about when it's my sound system that's been sitting in, in storage for all these years and the speakers that come out of my TV. But it's not as easy to tell about you know, what I'm going to do with my money, what I'm going to do with my time today, what am I going to do you know, with everything else in my life. We need to start following the example of Christ in that. So then I start getting down. That's the, the first verse. <laughs> then I get down to the next one. <laughs> I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the teachings just as I taught them to you. Wow. Has anyone read the rest of 1 Corinthians 10 or 11? Or chapter 11? Has anyone read the rest of that? I mean, he talks about a lot of stuff. There's divisions among you. And there, are you know, one person and the other coming to the communion and one person's leaving hungry and one person's leaving drunk. And I, Wait a minute. That's not like... A year later, he's he talk, that's in the same area, you know. I mean, he's talking about the same thing. And I'm like, what's going on? And how do we see each other? And it's not even in my notes. My, my notes are all over the place. I'm sitting here in worship. Nice time of worship. And I, I really had a good time this morning. And halfway through, I kind of just went off. And I saw myself, like, break my ankle or something. And, and and I had to walk around for a long time, just hobbling and stuff. Then, because you talked about the other day with your, when your arm came out, or your leg, with your knee when it came out, then all of a sudden my leg got better. What did I tell my leg? You let me down, I'm never going to walk on you again. I don't care about you. You didn't apologize enough. I'm sorry. You know. I don't, I don't appreciate that. You know, I don't think that's good enough. You know, you, you know what, did you know what you cost me? I might have lost my job because of you. I lost money because of you. I got in a fight because of you. You know, all this kind of stuff. No, what do we do? We can start walking our ankle. We start walking our ankle again. What are all we? The body of Christ. So when something happens to one of us, how quickly should we accept them back in? Right away. And I saw that and I said, you know, boy, if it's my body, boy, if I get my hand back, I'm going to use my hand. You know, but, oh, Don, it's a nice plum tree he's got in his yard, but you know, I don't want to use Don. You know, he's out there. Why aren't we all out there? You know, we need to learn how to work together. And I saw that and I go, wow, that's pretty interesting. You know, but that's a side note so he talked about he has praise remembers me and everything just as I pass them on to you and he goes on and talks about all this stuff that seems like they're going wrong but guess what happens it's not spiritual stuff is it uh, I think some of you guys get too long hair you, you guys read that part yes. yeah everybody's looking at me like huh <laughs> what you know shaved heads, different stuff like that it's amazing, I think when we get to a certain point we've gotten here okay, you've done everything the right way now let's start talking about the other stuff you know, we've gotten past this point now let's get on to this stuff we're going to start talking about some other stuff and then we're going to throw communion in at the end it's pretty interesting I think a lot of times we've got to get to that point we've got to realize where we're at we're a body whether pieces are broken off and put back in we should be using those they should be there for us. You know, when we start looking at, have we done everything? He, pra- he praises them, and I'm going, I don't know if I would put all that in the same letter. Yeah, right. You know, why don't we just take that part out? You know, and, and the funny thing is I was actually doing a little bit of homework on Corinthians. It's kind of weird. You know, I don't know. Maybe Don knows this or whatever. I was reading. First Corinthians was actually the second Corinthians. They lost the first book. First Corinthians, there was actually three letters to Corinthians, or to Corinthians. First Corinthians, so there was actually a bunch of stuff already written to him, and this was the second letter, and so the, he starts out by saying, hey, you're doing everything I told you to do, and then, you, you, but you're thinking, how many people in here are going to come and get drunk and fight for the food, and then some of us are going to leave hungry? At church? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, but that's the stuff that was going on, and I think when it touches our real life, we find out that there's that kind of same stuff going on in our, in our body. And we need to realize that we're called to a different level. We're called to, okay, you're here, good. You've been doing everything, great. Let's go on. Let's talk about your hair. Let's talk about your tie. Let's talk about your belt. Let's talk about making your bed. Let's talk about cleaning your room. Let's talk about doing with less. Oh, we don't want to talk about those because those actually touch me. Yeah. Then we get down all the way into the, you know, in, into the bottom here, and it starts talking about you know, the, the Lord's Supper. We can come on up. Ready to go? And you know, he starts talking about the whole Lord's Supper, and it's like, it's interesting because he wasn't there. But you know, he talks about some of this stuff, and and there's a lot of things he doesn't have praise for us, but it doesn't stop him from having communion. And a lot of times, I think that's something that's a prerequisite for a lot of us can't have communion with you. Sorry. we got some other problems. Yeah, I don't, I don't have... There's a lot of problems. There's some things that are really wrong. Let's get those dealt with, and let's have communion. And not like, let's get them dealt with and serve your punishment over here, and then we'll come deal with you next month. You know? We can deal with them. Let's get done. Let's, let's talk about those things. Get them out. They're done. Washed in the blood. Done. Let's have communion. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross and showing us the example to live by you, O Lord. We thank you for shedding your blood on the cross that we can have eternal life with you. Amen. Amen. One thing before we pray and take communion, I wanted to show you guys, I mean, you guys probably, you ever notice how my chairs are usually the dirtiest? This is something that a long time ago, As long as I can remember. When we had communion when we were kids, my parents always broke the communion up. And everybody took a piece and broke it up between each other. And we shared that, and it's something that we continue to do as as a family. I think it's important because what what it signifies is we're one family knit together. We're sharing this piece of bread. Somebody made this piece of bread, and it was one loaf or one piece we're all partaking of that same piece. It's not a whole bunch of little pieces. And it was always real easy for me to see that because we broke it up. It made a big mess at our chairs every week. And I think a lot of times, we, it's hard to realize when we're all passing it out and there's lots of pieces. And there's one cup. And we don't have one big cup everybody comes up and drinks out of. It's all, it's all you know, everybody has their all individual cups. But let's just remember when we take, partake of communion, it's the body that was broken for each one of us. It was, it, it, we're all one, and it's all separated out. And so we need to remember that when we take that together. And it says, if we're following along or if we're not, and it says, For I received from the Lord, which I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen.
1: Amen. I was thinking about that. But before I get started, because I sometimes get started, um, Jim and uh, Vicky and Bo and Mercy are, are here, and uh, we're not. We don't. I, I don't want to monopolize. All their time because they drink an awful lot of coffee, and uh, but, but I need the drums. <laughs> Thank you, and um, so if anybody wants to have them over, please feel free to invite them over for fellowship and 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 stuff like that. That you know. They're, they're burnt stones just like a lot of us that would be great to fellowship with it would be great to receive and to give and so I just want to encourage they're going to be here for maybe uh, about two weeks or so so don't feel like oh they're at the Bedoyans house you know we can't have them please <laughs> <laughs> no actually I'm re- really enjoying uh, having the, the, the fellowship with them and it's, it's a nice time so but I just want to encourage you to have them over for dinner and fellowship and felon, on okay very good. Anyway, happy birthday. It's Sunday. Sundays are always funny for me because when I wake up on Sunday, it's it's different than any other day. The first thought it's Oh no, I've got I've got to share again. I'm always wanting to you know I'm just speaking here in the flesh. I'm always wanting to go from like Saturday to Monday. Um, I, I'd, I'd I'd rather do drywall, which I hate, than than to come up and share. And so, it, it's Sunday. But then again, as we come together to worship, I began to think of that. what I was sharing about is it, It's your birthday. Yeah. You know, um, and everybody loves a birthday party. Yep. And, um, you know, Jim's looking at me, so I'll give a little review. Maybe some of you forgot. Kids get birthday parties for no good reason. They've done nothing to deserve it. They didn't want to be born. They didn't ask to be born. They had nothing to do with it. But yet, they, they expect to be rewarded for it. So here we are. We're, oh, you happy birthday. We're giving you gifts. They don't deserve it. They didn't do anything. And I began to think as we were in worship, again, we come into the presence of the Lord undeservingly. And Sunday's a fun day if you don't have to preach. And, you know, you can come and worship and judge people. And, uh, and I was thinking, well, you know, that, and, and that parable came to me. It wasn't just Victor Bidoy making up some, you know, birthday parable. There's a real parable that says those that were undeserving, God bid them to the to the feast. He said, "Go out and call the halt, the blind, go to the highways and the byways, and call every person in to the party." And there was going to be a there was such a big party that they said, "We got everybody, but there's still room. Go out and get the worser ones." So here we're invited to the party. Thank God we can worship Him but yet there's always something more. We, d- we, we don't deserve the birthday. But, so happy birthday today. But after the birthday comes, thank you, comes Monday, and you might not have your wedding garments on. You might have some other things going on. We might have that thing called in Ephesians called we need to be equipped or prepared for the work that God has called us to do. That's a wonderful thing for the birthday, but your broom still needs to be cleaned up. It doesn't negate that you're my child. It doesn't negate that I gave you the, I don't know, whatever you get anymore. But there's something more that we want to have a relationship and God desires to be glorified. No matter what else is going on in our, our lives, there's only one purpose in life and that's to glorify God. And there's all kinds of other things that are vying for our attention. And we need to realize, we shared before, there is no purpose to life. It's all... Uh, the wisest man in the world sums it up that life is totally meaningless. It's all vanity and vexation of spirit. The only thing that's of any value is serving God. We come into the world, God, God makes it totally worthless. The most valuable thing we know, called money, God calls unrighteous mammon. and is un- He says, I own it anyway, so I'm not worried about it. But he does give us instruction on how to use it. But we come into the world naked, and no matter how much you gain here, you're going out naked. Good thing we're not here naked. (laughs) And it's all vanity and vexation of the spirit, except for one thing, if we worship God. And this is where the church is called to, realizing that there's only one King, one God, one Lord, one purpose. And our entire walk here, or our battle, we've been talking about warfare is to fight the good fight of faith, to put down every other purpose, every other dream, every other thing that's vying for our attention, for our goals in my life, for my affections, and saying there is one God and one Lord, and His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a continual battle, because every day there's something coming up, hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. Do you know now that you're together, you could be doing this? You could have a better church. You could have a better wife. You don't have to put up with all purposes that are not God's purpose. Jesus, I don't know. Jesus could have picked a better church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever wondered why you're here? Yeah. Well, because you're not all there. But... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and... You know, sometimes we, God's ways are not our ways. But again, when I start comparing my ways with God's ways and challenging His idea, I've come up with another purpose other than His purpose. See, w- if you were God, would, wouldn't you pick a better church? Would you pick a church with problems in it like Corinthian church? Corinthians is a really kind of a revolting book because it's kind of embarrassing to read it as a Christian and go, man... But God seems to put it in there for all eternity to read. But in there are some of the most great revelations of self denial. Paul says, You are my crown and my joy. You mean the guy's getting drunk at the communion? They're not just getting drunk, they're getting drunk at the communion. They're doing all kinds of weird stuff. But he's not looking at that. There was another purpose that was saying, Paul, these guys are a rip-off. This is stupid. Why are you wasting your time? He says, that's what I see. But we understand in Hebrews that the things that we see are made up of things that don't appear. The cross appeared. Jesus endured the shame of the cross for something that did not be seen. He for the joy that was set before him. And it seems that God has allowed in this life For us to go through the valley of the shadow of death to fight the good fight of faith that our eyes would not be looking at things that are seen, but are looking at things that don't appear. That just doesn't make sense to me. Hallelujah! It's time to use faith. I want to talk about faith. But I thought the scripture Aaron read this morning was really good. I've been thinking about it for quite a while lately. But it's hard to talk about. You know, Paul, I'm I want to just share about that because a lot of times we just don't get God's ways. God, God's ways will not. First off, they don't, but they never will make any sense to you, especially when they come up against your ideas. Like I said, if you were God, wouldn't you come up with a better plan? Well, there's one problem. You're not God. And God is not interested in your plan. He told Job, if I was hungry, you think I'd ask, ask you to get me something? To eat? I don't need your help. I don't need your counsel. I don't need your advice. How many people have ever been God's counselor? You're doing it wrong. I mean you probably haven't said it with that much of a smile on your face. Usually it's like, man, what are you doing? What is it who got this what do you got this person in the church for? Can't you find a better if I and maybe you don't actually say it. Me, I'm just a sinner. Man, if I was well, I think that goes back to the original, original sin. Before the garden, it's the devil. What did he say? If I be like God, I would. I'll tell you what I would do. I give everybody, you know, whatever they wanted, and give them three wishes. Boy, how many people have been still rubbing the lamp? Anybody here been rubbing the lamp? You know, we the Bible. Well, I've done it. You know, how many claiming scriptures? Anybody claiming scriptures? Well, there, there's some good ones to claim. It's the ones that Jesus tells you to claim. Forsake all that you have. Pick up your cross and deny yourself. Oh. Well, there's a joy in that. See, I've got to get my... i got to apprehend it by faith. Because if I don't apprehend it by faith, I go back to the... You now, we've been talking about warfare. And like I said, in the last few weeks I've been seeing that most of us don't really understand warfare when it hits us. We always think it's something external or we, we think it's dealing with actually God fixing problems. You know, if God wanted to fix problems, He could have done that. But a matter of fact, it seems like God, if you, if you, and again, I, I mean, I, I'd love to be able to, I, I, I'd really like to be able to tell you a nice story. But when I look at the, script, the Scriptures, it seems like God is always leading people in these situations they wouldn't want to go. As a matter of fact, that's what He tells Peter. When you were young, you did what you wanted. But when you're old, you're not going to do what you wanted. You're going to actually let somebody else bind you and lead you where you don't want to go. How many people don't want to be here this morning? Come on! Hallelujah! You're in the right place! Like I said a few weeks ago, I'm glad nothing worked out my way. Wow! But some of us, you know, every now and then, you know, it it rises up, boy, if I had my way. Thank God you don't. Thank God He loves you enough to resist you, chasing you. And no chastening for the time seems joyous. It's grievous. Anybody been grieved? Good. God's loving you. And you're just as stubborn and stiff-necked as you always have been in the flesh. But we we have a new creation living in us. And that's the only person that can serve God in me. I mean, I've been trying for 38 years. I want to give up. I just can't serve God anymore. I never have been able to. That's why he sent his son, Jesus, into the world. Now, does that give us an excuse to throw off restraint? No. God forbid. Because the Bible says if you have no vision, you will throw off restraint. Well, I don't see that. I don't see that. Well, then you're not walking by faith. Because if you're wanting to see something, you're not, you don't have any hope. And if you don't have any hope, you can't exercise faith. And the only, the only course you have then is to be a person living under the law of good and bad. And we read in Romans... This this is part of the battle that goes on in us. And we're going to talk about what is the end of the law. See, what is the end of the battle? Well, the end of the battle is faith. But not just faith. There has to be faith in something. But if not, then I'm always like, who's going to deliver me? Chapter 7 of Romans ends up, who's going to deliver me from this, I tried to do good, but I didn't do good, and I want to do good, and it's always this and this. That is an inverse... Then, in sixteen, if I then do that which I would not, I consent that the law is good. The very struggle that we don't like, the very struggle that we think we're actually is bad for us, the very struggle that we're trying to get rid of and think it's not God, God's saying that has to work in you because that's confirming that my word and the law is good. But there's an answer. Paul isn't it hard to continue in that? It's not that God wants to lead us through the law to the gospel. Well, what would be the end of the law? Well, um, that's in Romans... Uh, Got to cheat. Romans 10. Romans 10. And what, now what this happens is, see, this, this, this continual battle, because I still have the old nature, is continually in me. And the battle that we have, we'll get to it in Second Corinthians, that there's... And we're going to just have to stay on track. We'll get to Second Corinthians. 9. Um, no, Romans 10. Romans 10. 10. 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Another way of saying it, his promises are in him yes and amen, not yeah, but. Yeah, but I don't see. Yeah, but the tree does look good. See, that's the law. That's the struggle. I know God said, but I still want to eat it. Yes, I know what God said, but I don't see it. That's the law. The end of the law is, amen, I believe. Uh, it's not, it will not come by reason. It will not come. Jesus said, no, the kingdom of God doesn't come by observation. It doesn't come by you figuring it out. It doesn't come by, oh, now I've got it. It comes through the struggle. And even Jesus says it, but we just don't get it. The kingdom of God is like a woman that's giving birth. And there's a great struggle. And, you know what's really weird? Besides this meeting is that people want to be in there when women have babies. That, wh- why? They don't want to be there. Oh, it's such a beautiful... I don't want to be there. My wife made me be there. Thank goodness it was a cesarean. You know, she had me dressed up in everything, gowns and stuff. It's a traumatic experience. You know, I, 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 you know they actually had to tell us to be quiet because we had, when we had Adam, it's been several years since we had babies, so we had to go to a baby class. Which I was thoroughly thrilled about. So, just my countenance brought the whole thing up. <laughs> but actually, you know, and this, this woman, probably, you know, from hippy dippy did, she's trying to go on and say, oh, yes, and all you do is breathe. And, you know, and I'm going, no, that's not really what happens, you see. And kind of, I don't know, we're moving on. Because it's not like that. I don't care how well you're prepared. Having a baby? <laughs> it's a ordeal. And the kingdom of God, Jesus. Why doesn't he pick a nice parable? The kingdom of God is like your birthday, and people you don't even know come and bring you presents, and you'll be happy. You know that's what we hear. No matter what we read, that's what we hear. But Jesus never gives you a good parable. It's always the kingdom of God is like a woman having a baby. Who wants to come? Uh, not me. Thank you. Send her in. Just let me know, boy or girl. Hallelujah but trying to make everything romantic. I don't know. I, mean, I guess there's a romantic time coming. And, you know, most people don't think... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty passionate pe- fellow. I don't know if romantic would be the word.
0: <laughs>
1: she she missed the lead-in. <laughs> she was supposed to say, oh, yes, hon. You know, I think the Song of Solomon is somewhat romantic, but it's, it's kind of Middle Eastern romantic. She gets beat up during the thing. <laughs> I'm telling you. Right, Don? Okay. And there's cinnamon and everything all over the place, so that's nice. You know.
0: <laughs>
1: so anyway, the kingdom of God is like having a baby. There's some things we don't want to do. You know, I, you know, I, 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 don't. I just have. A, I have a real problem with just a very thin, small thing, life. I just have no idea why anything runs the way that it runs. I wasn't meant to live. You know, God had any mercy on me; he would have just taken me out a long time ago. I find everything that you have to do is a total waste of time, and you know, I always tried to give it some, some reason. And finally, God said, you know, you've got it right. It is a total waste of time, but I'm redeeming it. I'm using it. It's a total waste. There is nothing that is going to redeem you here in this world. I don't care how well you make your breakfast, it's not redemptive. I don't care how well you discipline your children, it's not redemptive. I don't care whatever you do, it's not redemptive. But in my redemption, in my Son, in the kingdom, I can give it purpose. I can have you glorify me in the things that are totally worthless that's why Jesus hasn't really given us the true treasures yet. He says now if you're faithful with this junk the unrighteous manner, then I'll give you the true riches. most of us, I said we haven't learned it I got... if you ever want to borrow a vehicle please forgive me Scott borrow a vehicle from Scott Ball. I felt like you ever get you ever go you know because my cars aren't the you know I mean they're not new. And uh, I live on a dirt road. I'm fairly clean. I don't have garbage and stuff in my car, but I'm dusty. But when you get into, like, a rent-a-car, you always feel like, wow, this is, smells nice. It's somebody cleaned it. I get into Scott's van. We had to pick them up from the airport. And it was like, I didn't want to sit in it. It was like, wow, this is one. There's certain people you want to borrow your car from. There's others... <laughs> you know if you want a medium car you don't want you know you're not afraid to touch the steering wheel but you don't want to leave garbage that's my car but if you want I mean you want an experience and Scott's going to have to get another car because they're everybody to I borrow your car
0: <laughs>
1: you know and so I don't know why I got over that but it was just you know wow I thought this was really neat and um, so anyway yeah there, but that you know that's unredemptive also but it is a whole lot better borrowing Scott's car in the car with the garbage in it yeah amen lesson to be learned so we're back to the law and grace the end of the law is yes amen and that's the warfare that's the warfare we don't recognize is all this reasoning that goes on in our brain we're getting our eyes off the wrong thing and off of god's purpose god doesn't seem to care i know this seems to be hard doesn't seem to mind that the children of Israel were in bondage for over 400 years. Didn't seem to care that Joseph was wrongly done by his brothers. How many of you, anybody here, been mistreated by their brothers in the Lord? Oh, yeah. Well, the amazing thing that Joseph says at the end of his life, he came to the end of the law. He came to the end of that struggle. He said, Oh, yeah, there were some mistakes happened. I mean, you actually did it out of a bad motive. But that's not... I'm not... See, those things that I saw are made up of things that don't appear. And he came to the end of the thing that Christ was the fulfillment of the law for righteousness. And it was no longer when I get a hold of him, I'm going to... And I'm. It was, oh, Christ had a purpose. Then it's amen. And there was no more other battling going on. And many times when in our minds there's this battle that goes on in Second Corinthians chapter 10. So the end of the law, the end of reasoning, the end of complaining, the end of all things is just coming and submitting to Jesus Christ being the who He says He is, the all in all, and there is only one purpose. And the only reason you are having other reasonings is because you've allowed another purpose to creep up into your mind. It might have been because your brother sold you into slavery. It might have been because you've been doing so good in Potiphar's house, you thought you were going to get a raise. And again, I've talked about this. You know, when I was talking with Jim and, 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 and Vicky. you know, many we're still under the thing that if we think we do good for God, we're going to get rewarded. That's not why we do it. We do it because it's the right thing to do. We do it because this is what God has commanded. Jesus healed all manner of sick and preached the Gospel and did all that was good. And what happened to Him? He was crucified. And at the end of His days, what did we esteem Him? We didn't say, oh, thank God we seem as stricken, smitten and rejected of God. Yeah. They don't understand. You're not doing it so they understand. You're doing it because God said, do it! Yeah. And it's going to be that produ- the, 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 the reasoning that we have to fight against the warfare many times doesn't appear like warfare. It just seems so reasonable. The end of reasoning is Christ. He is the end of all things. Yes, I receive it. There's no reason for it. None. Yeah, but I keep... I know, you can't. You're not supposed to. That's why we have Christ as our advocate. That's why we have the Holy Spirit that says, He's crying out saying, Abba, Father. He's crying out praying through us in 2 Corinthians, talking about the warfare. And it's it's amazing, God, like, again, Jesus came into the world not as a spirit, not as an angel, not as a vision. He came in as a person and He condemned sin in the flesh that we, Him being the firstborn of many brethren, we too in resurrection life should bruise Satan under our feet. And in this life, we should manifest the life of Christ. It was not only Jesus Christ, not only Christ being victorious, it was Jesus being victorious, not only as the Son of God, but as the Son of Man. And it's in all these things, although this life is one day, we understand the worthlessness of it, God is going to take it like a scroll and throw it away. It means nothing to him. But he says, this is where I choose to glorify my son. This is what I choose to make you the offspring. I choose to preach the gospel. here. I choose. And then we say, like Paul, the apostle, his eyes were opened. He says, isn't it hard to kick against the prick? And he turned and his life was changed. Up until that point, it sounded like he had a pretty good life. When he talks about what he had to leave behind, well, I'll say, I was man. I was a drug addict. I was stealing. Man, I was a drunk. I says, man, I was touching the law blameless. I was next in line to be the I was that these things I throw away. And how does he define his life now? I'm the off-scouring of the earth. I'm ridiculed. I'm hated. I'm acquainted with suffering. I've been beaten up this time, thrown in the sea this time, I'm fasting, I'm doing Well, wait a minute. What are you nuts? Isn't that what Festus said? What are you nuts? He said, No, no. I'm not nuts. I'm possessed. I've been a grabbed hold of Jesus and that which he's grabbed hold of me, I want to grab hold of him for. See, Moses said it another way. Yes, the riches of Egypt. Man, wow. Yeah, had baklava flowing like. Or do you want to choose to be in Wickenburg in this church? What are you, nuts? Well, you're either nuts or you might be redeemed. I mean, you can choose which one you want but I would say if you're not redeemed and you're listening to me, <laughs> you're to really be pitied. So the warfare, let's recognize the warfare. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. See, the thing that we're going to be dealing with, and this is what Aaron was touching on, hopefully we'll get to it, is the stuff here. we got stuff. And that's where God wants to deal with us. He didn't, he didn't give us this kingdom of heaven is like the celestial sea that you can't really understand and the kingdom of God is like a man throwing wheat out into the field I mean that sweaty old guy that's out there every day Joe or Levi that's out there I see him I see him he doesn't seem like he's having any fun no but he just does it oh the kingdom of God is like a fisherman pew the kingdom of God is like sheep the kingdom of what do you think like I said there's a few things that if you don't grasp from the word of God you're going to miss the entire meaning God is like saying, this is, what I, this is who I am. This is the way I am. If you apprehend that, the rest of the Word of God will make sense. But if you don't know who I am, my words will find no place in you because you don't know me. As he said, my words don't find place because you because um, you don't know who I am. You don't know that I'm a man. You don't know my character. And many times we go through understanding the teaching and have no idea how to implement them. There's got to be something that we start to fall in love and grasp the Word of God. Just like Paul said, it grasps me. I want to apprehend that. So yes, reasoning throws aside. I mean, it's not going to end because we do reason. But at the end it says, Jesus is the end of all things. I forsake all because God is that pearl of great price. And I realize no matter what that tree looks like, no matter what my thoughts may entice me to do, no matter what great riches or whatever is out there, this is what I have been called to do. Nehemiah had a vision from God. How many of you have ever had a vision from God and you thought your vision was going to make you happy? When Nehemiah had the vision, his countenance fell. In so much that the king, he had a good job. The retirement program was great. All health benefits paid for, except if there was poison in the wine. He was the king's cupbearer. This was his job. Mighty tasty. And for that, he was rewarded. A lot of people were hoping it was poison. They were next in line to get the job. And the king would, he said, Nehemiah, why has your countenance fallen? Why are you bummed out? Why are you upset? Nehemiah says, God spoke to me burning within my heart see again we, we, un- we misunderstand um, that we think we're supposed to be happy all the time I think there's a place to be joyful the joy comes in doing the will of God the joy comes in our hope and faith that we have but sometimes it, to be instructed is hard it's, it, as a matter of fact there's one of the promises we don't claim it's called no, chastis- no chastisement for the time seems joyous anybody claiming that one? Good. yeah it's not joyous but but if the end of the law is Christ it would be the end of the matter it'd be yes and in him amen so we've got this this warfare that goes on in us and so and so it seemed right that God would allow it see how many anybody wanted the warfare to end when is it just going to stop man I just need a break does anybody need a break yeah no you don't if you needed a break, you'd get one. And as a matter of fact, the only time you do get a break is so you can go back into the fight. Elijah. I mean, sometimes you do get bummed out. Here's some advice. When you get bummed out, this is what you should do. Hear me well. Take a little bit of a break. Have a few good meals. Get up and say, I needed that. Let me at That's why they have rounds in boxing. You know what the managers say? Come on, go in there and hit him again. What's the matter with you? You're acting like a baby. You punch that barrel. He goes, okay, okay. gets out there and does it. But we just, oh, I just want it to end. Well, it's not going to end, not while we're here. Because God's kingdom has not come to pass. And we're learning how to be good soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not learning to endure hardness. But many times a warfare doesn't appear to warfare to us. So in Second Corinthians it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We just don't understand what those weapons are. We like to fight naturally. We like to argue. We like to give reasons. We like to tell you my opinion. I'm not gonna come to church. I won't do this. I'll show them. That's all carnal, says that's not the weapons. That's the person under the law. That's the person still dealing with this. I think I'll do the right thing. That tree does look good. I think I I better eat of that. Reason, no faith, didn't come to back to Christ saying, don't eat of it. That's the end of the matter. Yea, and in him, amen. As long as we're wrestling with reason, we will miss the will of God. But unfortunately, and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The problem is when those thoughts come, they don't come and saying, Ha! I'm a high thought exalting myself against the knowledge of God. I'm here to trick you. How many people have ever had that thought? It never comes like... It usually comes like, I wonder if God really wants you in this church. I wonder if your husband really loves you. You know what? I don't think they treat me fairly at school. I think so-and-so gets a break. What do you think? That's the worst thing. Like I said, you have a friend. It's the devil. The devil always asks you what you think. If you were smart, shut up. Isn't that what he said to Eve? What do you think, Eve? And then we get, somebody wants my opinion. Nobody values my thoughts. Do you know why? (laughs) Okay. You should be blessed. Thank God. But then someone comes along. And you read in Proverbs about the the, the flattering woman. Oh. My wife doesn't... I understand. My wife is the bee's knees and elbows. I'm so thankful. We were talking about the other day. I I said, you know, God help us all if my wife dies. You're you have, you're going to have a lot of you're going to have a lot of work to do, okay. And um, but you know my wife usually doesn't talk to me like, oh Victor, your hair. Did I tell you today how beautiful your hair is? If she did, I'd say okay, where's my wife? <laughs> Matter of fact, today Aaron, you stepped up to another level. My wife said, what's Aaron's hair? <laughs> Must have the anointing. I looked at him and I go, you know what reminded me? Remember when we were talking about those squirrels that come out and you hit them with the video? Doesn't he look look like one of those? Look like someone, did you whack him today? So so anyway, (laughs) um, but see, we like to be flattered. We like to be, and here it's going to come. Oh, you know, you deserve better than you're getting at this church. You know, your gifts just aren't being used. You know what you need, Eve? You need that fruit because God knows that when you eat it, you're going to really be, you're going to be in the, you know what? And reasoning starts. So be careful when the questions come. And see, when, 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 actually when you're smarter than God, God knows something. When they said, we were naked, God understood they didn't figure that out themselves. We were that dumb. Yeah. Okay, we're that dumb. Where'd you, where'd you get the mirror? He didn't say that. He said, all right. Who's been talking to you? When you get smarter than what God's speaking, beware. You didn't figure it out on your own. So when the thoughts come, they never come like saying, I'm a high thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. You're actually going to think you're smarter than God. We knew we were naked. You didn't tell us, by the way. I mean, this is really embarrassing. I'm walking around and he's just, you know. We finally figured it out that there was something uh missing and so we i how many people had to take on the work of god yourself to fix the church i've had people leave because they after years they finally realized i'm not changing they had some hope i mean i don't know what's wrong with them they thought they were going to change me and you know thank god me and my wife are married she can't leave Many people had some false hope, and yeah, you know, you know, you know, you're going to marry her. I'm not talking about my wife, but you know, you're going to marry. Don't you realize? Oh no, she doesn't have. And, you know, any problems that she has, I'll be able to fix. <laughs> we are just deceived. But anyway, the thoughts come, and they're here to question. They're here to make you think. They're here to have you think something that God didn't tell you about, and it's always going to appear that you have the answer and the warfare is stop that and have Christ be the yea and amen he may not solve the problem you may not see the promises you may not get the results that you were looking for but in the end we could be like Joseph saying you know what it's all worked together for the good I thank God my life went this way Jesus must be looking at the church through something other than you look at it. I mean, if I was the Lord, I'd be mad. I'd be upset, and you'd all be dead. I wouldn't have put up with the early church. I wouldn't put up with any of it. But so it seemed right in the sight of God. Now, we're having a battle with that right now. Even as I'm speaking, your mind is racing. Yeah, but you don't understand. No, I don't understand. But God didn't tell me to understand. He said... This is what I want you to do. Paul saying, you are my crown. You are my hope of rejoicing. And if there's anything I can do for this drunken church that's speaking in tongues, that's out of order, that's weird in every possible way, they're having all kinds of sexual immorality, they're not getting it, they don't have division in the church. If I can make up anything that's lacking for the love of God in you, I would be poured out like wine. What was he thinking? Well, he wasn't thinking like the devil. He was looking at the thing that could not be appear. There were things that were seen. They need to be fixed. But the things that are seen and need to be fixed do not stop the work of God. Because Jesus and God, in his infinite wisdom, in not asking my opinion, decided of how the church was going to be. Remember, he decided, and again, his allegory, like Aaron shared, is the human body and it's supposed to work together and there's stuff that goes on But in, so when, when thoughts rise up be aware that the warfare is not fixing the problem necessarily it's not coming up with the answer that you think it's coming up and saying like Job gives a great book that gives us the insight into warfare the things that were seen were made up of things that did not appear in the heavens the devil attacking, and so what was Job's response? He fell down and worshipped. Well, that's the most ridiculous response. Doesn't that man know that? He, know that it? And his wife said, "Didn't you have enough? Just curse God and die." That's what I would do. That reason, reason, reason. The end of reason is yes, Amen. The end of reason for Saul was no longer. Am I going to persecute the church? I will take all this that was gained to me, and I'm trading it in for what people would say. Paul, you're nuts. No, 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 I'm not nuts. I see Him. I know Him. He's called me. His name is Jesus. We're not saved by reason. We're not saved by figuring it out. And as we've received Christ, something in us, the faith, well said, Lord Jesus, save me. As we've received Him, we also need to walk in Him. Brethren, this is what you need to do. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Do I agree with it? Don't really care. I'll deal with that myself. There's a song that said, put, Wrap up your old troubles in an old tin bag and smile, brother, smile. Pack them up, move them along. But we're coming along. Jim Durkin used to say, sometimes you just need to grab your soul. Like they said, sometimes I come to gaming, I'm a little out of sorts because there are a bunch of cheaters over there. <laughs> Stupid little kids. who You can't jump and shoot a bazooka at the same time. You just cannot do that. Now, I know that sounds like a little thing, but Spencer get out of that sound room. <laughs> it just annoys me so bad. So I get a tank and I kill him. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we're out of sorts. But we keep doing what you need to do. Right. And guess what? Your soul will come into line. Never come into total agreement. Your soul needs to be beat regularly. Three, four times a minute. Yeah. If it's anything like mine. Well, let's let Realistically, several times a day. I'm going to have thoughts that say, you know, I don't want to be doing this. Everybody comes and says, oh, man, your house is beautiful. And they're not building it. They say, oh, this turret is lovely. And then I immediately, like Adam, say, it's my wife's fault. Say, you know, she's got this computer stuff. And she actually, like I said a few weeks ago, she likes things. It's, it's things that bother me. I don't, I don't like things. So people that like things, I, I, why? But she's on a computer. And she's, you know, everybody, now, computers, you need to be careful. Computers make you think you're a professional at everything. You don't know... I mean, you can do anything on a computer and you don't need a skill. You can make this and you can do this. You can become an architect. It doesn't matter what your husband's capabilities are. You can design a thing with a turret. I don't know how to build one. It doesn't matter how you've always wanted one. This is the next thing I do. I told my wife I'm never going to tell her anything anymore... Because several years ago I guess when we were building our other house So you're talking almost 30 years ago I said, you know, wouldn't, you know like, a, like a castle Like a castle um, you know, Wouldn't it be nice to have a turret? I said that 30 years ago And I said, Christy, what are you doing? She says, you've always wanted a turret Did I ever tell you the story about the two ends of bread? This is, let me tell you the story Most people, white people they don't eat the heels of the bread. You know, they they throw those away. Well, my family was not totally white. And so we always got the heels of the bread too. I just thought, you know, until I went to school. Most of the stuff I did I thought was normal until I went to school. And then all those people were weirdos. And so I, you know, Christy would, I don't know, they'd throw it out or they'd make stuffing out of it or, or something. And I said, Christy, I like the heels of the bread. For years... For years after that, I maybe get like I'd go to go to work or something like that, and I'd get two sandwiches. One would be a regular sandwich with the you know the regular bread. Does anybody care about this? (laughs) And one would always have two heels on it, and I didn't mind, but it's like every day. (laughs) And you know, in my house, you you have a loaf of bread. There's only two heels, so the chance of getting one of those maybe once a week, twice a week, and, and one on one. You know, you'd have a regular bread and a heel. It wasn't like I have a regular diet of heel bread the whole day. And so years later, once we got finally secure in our marriage, I said, "Hun, why do I always have two heel sandwiches? She said, you said you liked them. I said, yeah, I like them, but I don't have to have them every day. So I said, from now on, whether I like, if I even think I like something, I'm not telling you. I'm just not telling you because I don't know what I'm going to end up having to build in the future <laughs> these are true stories unfortunately this is what my life is made up about I don't know about yours so recognizing thoughts that come up and casting them down because there's reasons that and it says bringing every thought into captivity and the, and the thoughts don't come see I'm a bad thought I'm exalting myself but what comes against Christ is reason is law, is my idea of Peter. Now, again, it's it's not something you have to work. I don't know if you know this. You don't have to work at being disobedient. You don't have to work at being lazy. You don't have to work at thinking like the devil. You don't have to work at just being a sinner. You already are. Now, we have to put on Christ. I have to have my mind renewed. I need to bring every thought into captivity. The kingdom of God suffered violence. I need to press into certain things. If I am not pressing in, I already am bad. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, "What are you saying? I'm bad?" No, you just are. Yeah. And if I don't put on Christ, and if I don't come to Christ and let that let bring every thought into captivity, it says, "Yes, Amen." But I continue to reason, then I'm missing Christ. So here you have Peter, an apostle of God. After the resurrection, he sees Jesus again and hears the word of God saying, "Go and do this and do that, and you know you're going to be led about." And and again, just like a a real person, this is this is Peter the Apostle. He sees Jesus after he's resurrected, and sometimes we want to be there, don't we? You are. If you, you do, you want your eyes opened. We're in Christ's place. Can you receive it? Now there, how many how many, how many, is going around? Those are the thoughts that need to be stopped. Well, he's not Jesus. No, we'll get to what Aaron shared about. But Peter, first off, gets a revelation from the risen Lord. And what's Peter's first reaction? Well, what about him? He's just a normal person. We have those thoughts. Jesus doesn't receive them. He has to deal with them. He says, I don't care about him. I told you to do something. Right. After that... How many people have got? How many people have ever thought they had now got it right with God? Besides me, I come to t- t- times in my life that I thought I've made it. I think I've got. The, I'm going to do good from now on. So Peter is praying, and right while he's praying, the vision of God comes three times. Three times the vision of God comes. Sheet is opened up, all kinds of animals. The voice comes from heaven: Rise, kill, and eat. Rise, kill, and eat. Rise, kill, and eat. Call nothing that God cleansed, common or unclean. And Peter being the apostle of God, the man of God that he saw Jesus raised from the dead, commanded of God to build the church, says, I'm not doing that. And I've got some reasons why. Someone knocks on his door, and he realized Christ was the end. Amen. His father still didn't eat it. It was still immoral to him. He maybe didn't like uh, cut it out, shrimp but God said it, He said, the end of the matter is Jesus. Not my reason, not what I like, not what I don't like. I've been called to a purpose. Peter is called to a purpose. Paul was called to a And you are called to no less purpose. The same Christ that spoke to Peter, the same Christ that died for your sins, the same Christ that rose from the dead is living in you and is here in the church. Can you hear that? Well, you're going to hear a lot of other things. Did you see what he did again? Well, yeah. Couldn't have God done it another way? No. Because God in his infinite wisdom went out into the highways and the byways and chose some people for the birthday party. And some were going to blow it. And even though you do all things good, not everybody's going to receive it. But we're not here for it to be received. We're here to honor God. So as, as, you know, the end of... The, war, the warfare needs to be seen not as what we think we're warring against we're not warring against our brothers who sold us into slavery we're not really even warring against Pharaoh we're not warring against straightening out the church we're not warring against the injustice that's being done to us Oswald Chambers says we need to continually, even though injustice is done to us, we need to continue to be just outwardly Jesus when he was being crucified opened not his mouth and continued to be just even though injustice was being done to him, Joseph was sold into slavery unjustly. Joseph was accused unjustly. Joseph was, and all those things vanished when he saw the face of God and he understood the Word of God and said, It's finished. It's over because I somehow God got a hold of me. No more my reasoning and wrangling and all oh, my life's a waste. How many people just, is anybody here, life a waste? It's supposed to be! You can be trusted with anything valuable. That's why I said, I'm not giving you the kingdom yet. Show me what you do with this thing called the waste of life. And here we're trying to do this. Use it for me. And sometimes we think, just because we're, we're, we're cleansed of God, everybody's going to know about it. And during worship, I was thinking about the lady who was caught in the very act of adultery. Now, I know that's not a big thing anymore in the world. It's kind of like something you have a, you have a badge on. But it's, it's it's a shame. You should not be doing things like that. I'm not condemning anybody, but it's wrong. And so, the, and especially back then, in that culture, she was caught in the very act of adultery. And they wanted to stone her. And uh, Jesus came in and says to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Now, how do you think that affected all the other people, the way they looked at her? I bet you she got up from there and walked through the town... They're still talking behind my back. It doesn't matter. Maybe that's for your good. If you are forgiven, you're forgiven. Mary Magdalene, was it Mary Magdalene? Comes in and wants to put the alabaster box on Jesus' feet. And she's wanting to do this great work. And all the people get "Ah, She's a prostitute. You know what kind of person. Just because you're doing good doesn't mean anybody's going to understand it, agree with it, or you're going to be blessed for it. We think we're owed something. If you're doing it because you're owed something, you're doing it by works and not of faith, it's sin. So you're going to have people talk behind you. They talk behind Jesus' back. They talk behind the church's back. They talk behind my back. That was nice about being in another country. Sometimes you didn't have to understand what they were saying. You just didn't turn on, you know, the translation mode. So we're here in this thing called life to bring every thought into captivity. And since Aaron shared so long in communion, I don't know what we're going to do. But yeah, he touched on a good point. And I was thinking about the Scripture. Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. You know, I used to think about that Scripture, and I I, I used to be able to say that about certain people, because I always thought that meant that Paul followed Christ so well that you should follow Him. But I don't think that's what it's saying. Because first off, Paul kind of acknowledges all his mistakes. He had his gaming days. He doesn't remember how many people he's baptized. I mean, if he's in in our church, I think he's a flake. He leaves the holy... He, 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 He forgets the parchments, the holy scriptures, someplace. He says, could you bring those? And my jacket, by the way. And besides, I forgot this. And I forgot that. I don't believe that's what he's saying. I follow Christ so well. I'm so holy that if you do everything I do... You'll, that's not what he's saying. He's saying you have an example. I'm following Christ like this. You also then follow Christ the same way I follow Christ. See, so doesn't you know what he doesn't say? Follow Christ. Doesn't say that. He says, as I follow Christ, because I'm your father, I'm your teacher, I'm the example. That this is this is the way God does. Anybody get any, any thoughts and reasonings? Oh yeah, you got. That's where you got to cast down. He says. So God is saying here again. There's certain things that we need to grasp, and once we grasp those principles, it makes things clear. Not always easier, but clearer. And I say, oh, that's the warfare. So I think as Paul is saying, as I follow Christ, this is the example you should follow. So we'll, we'll develop that more. But be aware of the warfare this week. It's gonna. It's gonna be those things that you're that seem so right to you. You're going to be able to reason them out so well. The tree's going to look good to eat. You know, I think we'll keep a few of those sheep to sacrifice the Lord. And besides, I think the church is making... And I think my... And we we didn't get into Proverbs and and instruction yet. But that's why instruction needs to be heard. That's why such an emphasis is put on loving instruction. See, there has to be at some point, in order for me to really obey something, at some point, I need to love it. It's going to have to become mine. Paul says, "I preach my gospel." Jesus and the Father—they didn't have like, "Well, I got to do the will of God." It's not. No, ah, this is—I think this way too. Even though he was going to suffer, even though there was going to be things that come against him, he said, "This is my heart's Father's desire." Therefore, I think this way. And when you are agreeing together, and the Bible says, "Where two or more agree, it shall be done." Amen. All right, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Let your will be done and your kingdom come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen Amen and amen.